Thanks for listening today to In 16 Years. I'm Amy, and this is a podcast where I talk about what I've learned in 16 years of living with stage 4 endo, severe IBS, fibromyalgia, and interstitial cystitis. My name is Brittany, and I live with celiac disease, anxiety, and my own hormonal fun. We hope this show will inspire you, empower you, and help you feel supported on your own health journey. Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional first before making any changes. Hey everyone, I'm here before the episode starts to bring you learning moments with Amy. Now that I've been podcasting and advocating for a few years, my understanding of endometriosis, as well as the issues that our community faces, well, they've really evolved and progressed over the years. So I've been going through our earliest episodes because I want to make sure that these earliest published episodes have accurate information in them. In this episode, I talked about how I feel when I watch sex scenes in the movies involving penetrative sex between a cis man and a cis woman. And I talked about how I feel this gives unrealistic expectations to cis men and cis women in heterosexual relationships about what sex looks like and the pressure that we can then put on ourselves or on our partners to always have these steamy sex scenes like the ones that we see on TV. So I wanted to say that I definitely still agree with what I said about the sex scenes, how they're unrealistic, and the pressure that it can put on a person. But I do wish that I'd better articulated that, of course, not everyone identifies as cisgender. And the experience of viewing sex scenes is not the same across all people and all identities. It's important to acknowledge that bodies and identities are not one size fits all, and experiences are different for a a cis woman like me compared to people with other gender identities. It's also important to state that the majority of sex scenes that we are subjected to in film and on TV are heteronormative and cisgender. And that also impacts how we see ourselves and our identities. All right. Thanks for joining Learning Moments with Amy. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about when sex hurts. Ouch. (laughs) Brittany, it is way more than ouch. It is like, oh, mommy. (laughs) Can't relay why. Did you hear me last time I did that? Like, double over in pain. Oh, mommy, mommy, mommy. Okay, sex with endo can be very painful. Some have dull pain. Some have sharp pain that makes them cry out. Sometimes you can have cramps that rage for hours after sex. Personally, my cramps last for like eh, about 10 to 20 hours after in a course. Casual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but I thought sex is a really long experience for me. Okay? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like not a just, whole day. It's not just over in like 30 minutes. It's like it's like 24 <laughs> solid hours of sex. You pay for it for 20 hours. <laughs> but I thought that sex was supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be pleasurable all the time, right? <laughs> what kind of laugh is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a surgery patient. That would be nice, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. Yeah, sex is it's always perfect. Perfect coordination. I love sex. It's a like choreographed ballet. <laughs> okay. For real, sex with endo can be so complicated. Kind of like sleeping, eating, pretty much everything that you do. When Basically, you have- <laughs> day-to-day activities. <laughs> pretty much everything you do when you have endo. <laughs> and you have very active symptoms. <laughs> but what about you? If you're listening to this, I'm going to bet that your sex hurts. And if so, you are not alone. So today, the whole episode is going to be about painful sex and just some different ideas to, to think about. So if that sounds like you or you can relate to these super fun symptoms, we definitely encourage you, like we usually do, to see a doctor about this. And of course, we don't just mean any doctor. 
We mean an endospecialist. Qualified. Qualified. Expert. Expert. Am I your parrot now? Knowledgeable. <laughs> Knowledgeable. In endo. Specialist. Expert. Knowledgeable. There's so many words she threw at me. Anyway, that's the kind of doctor we mean because they can help you get a treatment plan. Well, as you know, I've had excision surgery. And I am so happy to say that since having excision surgery with a qualified, knowledgeable, fantastic expert. Oh, she didn't give me fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I save that for my own doctor brain. No one else. (laughs) But actually, I am so happy that sex has not been painful since I got the excision surgery. So that is for the first time, like, only had sex a few times since the surgery, but it hasn't been painful. But that is for the first time in years. Sex was painful for me almost every time for years. And towards the end in the last year, sex was painful every single time. And it came to the point where I was like, I do not want to have sex. Just going to not do it. Like, I don't care. I'll abstain because I'm not going to have, if I have sex and I can't go to work the next day because I have raging cramps. Those 20-hour cramps. (laughs) We must have sex on a Friday night at 9 p.m. And then I must not have any plans on Saturday. And then I must have Sunday as a buffer day just (laughs) in case. (laughs) Okay. And I must have the food stocked with soups because that is the only thing I'll be able to eat during that time. So much prep. And I must be on top. And <laughs> and it can only be for five minutes. And <laughs> and I must not have a full bladder. So there's no drinking water after 2 p.m. <laughs> oh, wait, that's all real. <laughs> this is like normal. Though. <laughs> Are we talking about the period coming or sex happening? Is this like We're talking boat? about the planning that goes into <sighs> so much when you have paid during sex. Okay. So I'm overjoyed that right now, at least my sex has improved. My partner's also overjoyed, but I want you to know that I have lived with painful sex for years. So everything that we're going to talk about today is from my personal experience. (laughs) Yay, I have a very, uh, what's it called? Desirable sex life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you do. (laughs) I don't even know if now I do. (laughs) Okay, first, one thing that I really want to talk about passionately is how the movies and TV have ruined sex, in my opinion. So it's good to have realistic expectations. And about, the movies and TV do not sell about realistic sex. expectations. Okay, so I just described my <laughs> sex to you. So I had to like plan about 400 details in order to have sex on a certain day of the week at a certain time, <laughs> at a certain time of the month, blah, blah, blah. And in the movies, it's, okay, so the couple's out. And I don't even mean like, okay, they just met and they're all passionate. I mean like, ooh, they went on date night and they've been married for seven years or whatever. And, you know, and they're on their date and then they come home and then the the man like throws the woman up against the wall or on the counter and like rips off her clothes and he starts having sex with her. And she's like, oh, it's so wonderful. And she has an orgasm in like two minutes. <laughs> this is just too oh. I can't. And- and and that's but we see that all this the time. Is a comedy like that's, special, but that's what we. I mean, come on, isn't yeah, that is that's that like what the, we're the, fed? Isn't that's that like the fed. typical yeah. TV or slash movie? He touches her one time and she's in the throes of ecstasy, and she's you know, and she's like <laughs> writhing there, and her faces upwards, and she's going oh whatever, yeah. and you know, and and I'm like, okay, no, like sex, no, <laughs> sex in general looks nothing like that, and sex with endo looks like nothing like that like nothing like zero okay first of all why is the woman having an orgasm after five minutes or not even like 30 seconds because they're not gonna have you sitting there while the man like does the foreplay and warms the woman up and you'd be bored out of your 20 mind minutes later more you know like 35 <laughs> minutes later the woman just be like i feel something <laughs> like an hour later just like i have an orgasm like, no one's gonna sit there that's relatable though <laughs> no one is gonna sit there through that movie that's okay? a long sex scene <laughs> so, so why am i so impassioned yes i feel very passionate about this why am i so irritated it's because scenes like this create unrealistic expectations in the minds of both the woman and the man right so whenever we're watching a movie and where that kind of scene comes on i I turn to my boyfriend i'm like don't get any ideas (laughs) because our sex is never gonna look like that and most people's don't even look like that so double don't get any ideas and then second it's just it creates this ridiculous idea that the woman is just ready the woman's body because mentally emotionally you might be ready to have sex and have your clothes ripped off but Physically, the woman's body is not designed like a man's. 
a man might be just ready to have sex, but the woman's, shall we say, the woman's vagina, it needs to lubricate itself. It needs to expand. It's like a little flower. It needs to bloom before being <laughs> that, affected that in any way. It needs to open and blossom <laughs> from the winter to the springtime. And, and little, it takes about 20 minutes. And a little bee will come. And <laughs> I hope you don't have bees in your vagina. Oh, God. I think we need to go to a different doctor for that. <laughs> Is anyone else having stinging? No. In the- <laughs> no bee stings. Is anyone vagina? else vagina ooze honey at times? <laughs> Oh god! Scary discharge. Scary discharge. It's gotten weird. Everybody's clicking off. It's gotten weird. We're very sorry. Actually, we're trying to keep. We're we're, honestly, we're trying to keep the intercourse terms to a technical level and trying to talk about sex without using words like the things you can think of. Yeah, it's it's hard. So we're trying to be proper. This is a professionally done podcast, people. Okay, we're so not professional. I think. The reason why it makes me feel so upset is because I have felt like I have felt like I'm not good enough, you know, and I have felt like my body is not good enough. Like, I kind of feel like I'm a failure at sex because my endosex looks more like stopping and starting and instructions like be more gentle, go slower. You know, my partner's getting frustrated. And then I'm like, oh, can you hold? Because uh, I have, I see interstitial cystitis and suddenly I have to go pee. <laughs> then I'm like, hop off and like, go pee, you know, and come back. And it's my sex. I'm not thrown on the counter and just orgasming in five minutes. You know, I'm, I'm lucky if I get through 10 minutes without stopping sex and crying. It's unrealistic expectation. I feel that puts a lot of pressure on women. And then it can also, I think, make men. I'm just going to speak for all men here. <laughs> I, I think I do think it can make men like if a man has an idea that that's what sex is supposed to look like, because that's he was never talked about sex. And, you know, and that's what he learned. Then I feel like a man can feel frustrated, maybe not with a woman, but just frustrated. Like it just creates frustration that well, why doesn't my sex look like the movies? Well, nothing. Nobody's ever, does. Nothing yeah. ever looks like the movies. It's a movie for a reason. It's not real life, but that's all we're fed. And in this day and age of lots of things on a screen you can see related to sex, we're not given realistic expectations. We're not like, okay, I need to add another pillow or like, nope, sorry, it's still too tight. You got to have to wait. Like, we don't deal with those things when we see them. And when we're trying to communicate that with our partner, it can be frustrating or really discouraging. So speaking of adding pillows and all that stuff. One of the first things we want to talk about is finding a position that doesn't hurt or that hurts the least. Oh, Brittany. Yes. You should get the Kama Sutra because I'm pretty sure it was written for endosufferers. It's like, here, which one of these dozens of positions... Dozens? Hundreds? (laughs) ...doesn't make you feel like you're being impaled by a knife? There must be at least one. Where are your sources on that? Because I'm not sure that that's accurate. (laughs) Is this just your idea? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. The conversation was totally written for that. It's not written for pleasure, Brittany. It's written to it's find written a to go around inflammation. <laughs> it's written to find a neutral position that does not upset the adhesions. Okay. I mean, fair. That's like a really great way to find out which position works best for you. Well, the reason that this is important is because there are some positions that can hurt more or hurt less, just depending on your personal body. I don't think we could recommend one position that's great because everybody's different, but I would say if you're interested in trying some other positions, that being on top is often really helpful. You know, when you're... I hate being on the bottom. Really? Because it's vulnerable. Well, yeah. Because I'm not in control. It's a little scary. You can't control the He's depth or the control. speed or the... And he like, doesn't know what I'm feeling. Yeah. So... Being on top can give you more control. You can alter the angle, the depth, the speed. There's a lot more control that you can have with it. I and know. you have emotional control. Yes. And that. I think that helps. <laughs> also, it's very empowering. But during certain times of the month when I know things are a little more dangerous, being on top can be very helpful because I can slow things down or move or make things more shallow when I know that I need to have more control in that moment. Oh, and that's another thing is timing. So you might find there are certain times in the month, most likely around your period for a lot of us, that during ovulation, it's a lot (laughs) more dangerous. And this is because throughout the month, your hormones change. 
the position of your uterus actually moves. Your uterus is moving inside <laughs> of you. It's like the moon. <laughs> it's not the same as, you know, in like the 1800s when they're like, oh, the womb moves all around your body. That's not what we're talking about here. It's not no, hysteria. No, it, like, it just like tilts. And you can, it just moves slightly. You can look it up and you can even see pictures. It's pretty fascinating. It's pretty interesting. Personally, I know that my period is a mood killer if I've ever heard of one. And I do not have sex from one week before until like three or four days after my period ends, which basically comes out to like two weeks of the evil window. I was like, do not touch me. (laughs) But that's a really good Or the cramps will rage and the beast will bite your head off. (laughs) And we mean Amy and Red Dragon. And you may lose a ball. I've already lost wow, my ovary. Wow, this has gone real vindictive now. It's not his fault. Red Dragon is angry when he's disturbed. Red Dragon's ravenous. Red Dragon's my endo. When he's sleeping. When he slumbers. He likes round things, okay? And oh, if wow. he's not getting my other ovary, then he's going to get your balls, so don't touch me. My boyfriend's like, okay, we're going to leave you alone now. Well, it's fair because that time, oh, that's a danger time. That's a danger zone. I know for me, too. It's like, if it's too close, I know I'm going to end up with cramps. It's just not going to happen. So knowing the timing is very helpful. So if you decide you're going to have like a evil window where you avoid intercourse, then, you know, you can look for other ways to be intimate with your partner. There's always like oral or manual stimulation. And, like, if you just want to avoid sex altogether, like... Maybe it's the orgasm that's the trigger. Abstinence. Yeah. (laughs) Then uh, you could do other things, like you guys could give each other massages, or you could shower together, or um, what? You could snuggle. snuggle. (laughs) Clearly, we both do a lot of snuggling. (laughs) We are snuggling right now. I'm just kidding. I mean, kind of. We're in a tiny little box. We wouldn't be able to effectively use the microphone if we were snuggling. (laughs) I'd love to snuggle in podcasts. That sounds like a great plan. Snuggle cast, the podcast where you podcast while snuggling. Oh and nobody take that. <laughs> Brittany and Amy's next project. <laughs> no, but just kind of like any way to have focused, uninterrupted time with your partner. Just that quality time. So I think it's really important to stay relaxed. And I know. I know that seems impossible, especially when you're about to do something that can seriously hurt you or can hurt you 20 minutes after it's over and you're crippled and bent over and crying. But I think that I'm not telling you to relax, to belittle you or make you feel like, oh, of course, relax, just relax. No. Oh, my God, you said that because I felt belittled. (laughs) Of course you did. Everything I say belittles you. (laughs) That's not what I mean because I... Brittany the belittler. (laughs) Rude. I personally have struggled with this because for, you know, one of the issues that I have is very painful upon penetration. So for me, I knew that if I clenched up and I thought about how horrible it was going to hurt and how painful it was going to be, it would hurt even more because your body does respond to that stress. It responds to that fear and it actually makes your muscles tighten. So I had to, through a lot of work, learn to breathe relax myself, and then my body would actually relax. It would still hurt, but it wasn't as horrible, as deep, as long-lasting pain as when I would previously clench up. Well, tension, it is proven that tension in your body augments pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was like I was compounding the issue. I was scared about how much it was going to hurt, so my body would tense up, and then it would hurt even more. Of course, because for intercourse, you need to be relaxed. Yeah, you you need to be relaxed. Physically. Yeah. Your vagina actually needs to expand and mm-hmm. be and relaxed. Be relaxed. So, so if you're emotionally tightened, not re- yeah, <laughs> yeah, not relaxed, you know, then your body follows transmits suit, it, yeah, and your body clenches up, and then it's like I will not let nothing in. You're like, no, that's please. the point of this activity is that you let it in. And barring like actual medical symptoms that disallow penetration. I mean, definitely go see a doctor for things like that. But this is for just regular stressor making you clench up and tighten. And when I first started doing this and I'd feel myself getting really nervous because it would reduce me to tears. It was so painful. I would tell my partner. Poor Brittany. It was really bad. (laughs) And I would tell him and he would just go really slow. And we'd just take it little by little until I was fully relaxed. 
and then it was okay. And after a few minutes, then my whole body would relax. And still, it still happens every time. So it's not like the problem just goes away. I still have to relax every single time I have sex just because the pain is still present every single time. But now that I've learned to relax quickly or quicker, now it's not me waiting 20 minutes, 30 minutes to relax. Now I can do it much faster. So the breathing and the relaxing helps me remind myself that it's going to be okay. And the pain for this specific feeling won't last forever. It won't last very long. And I just have to wait it out. So your pain improves when you're relaxed. Yes, absolutely. And your pain gets worse when you're not relaxed. Yeah. This specific type of pain. If it's, you know, the cramping after an orgasm, that has nothing to do with relaxing. But if you have pain upon penetration, this usually can really help you to ease that. Well, and I want to point out, too, that relaxation is, is not just on the physical level. So it also has a lot to do with your emotional state because, I mean, I don't think any of us want to go into sex thinking, oh, I'm so scared. I'm, yeah. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. About the pain it's, that could happen. It's going to hurt. And I don't know, like, yes, like being relaxed is not going to prevent the pain from coming or not, like in my case. But like I have noticed that when I'm in like ripping pain and I'm relaxed versus when I'm in ripping pain, well, as relaxed as you can be. Like yeah. I'm not like painting, relatively I'm relaxed not, like, on the beach, painting my donuts. Like, oh, this is like, great. <laughs> like <laughs> ripping pain. Thank you for being here today. Yeah. No, <laughs> relative relaxation. You know, but when but when I'm not sitting there, when I'm not like with my jaw clenched. So this is what I mean by relaxed. Like relaxing your body. Like your jaw isn't clenched. Like you're you're fe- breathing you're, sufficiently. Yeah, not like shallow. Your, your hands are not made into little fists. Like you're mm-hmm. not going <laughs> breathing like very Panting. hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you can be more relaxed in your body, the experience of pain feels differently. Next, we want to talk about being in the moment. One of my favorite things, being mindful. But it kind of has to do with the fact that, for example, in my case, I am not having sex very often because of the evil window. So when I do have sex, it's not about quantity. It's about quality, as with many things in life. So I have a really active mind. Yeah, we know. <laughs> and I think as much as I talk. And <laughs> wow. That's oh, yeah. a lot. It's, <laughs> so I, I began practicing meditation, as I've mentioned previous episode, and it has really helped me calm my mind down. But what was happening to me is that every time I was laying down to be intimate with my partner, my mind would be racing. So we'd be making out and I would be thinking, oh, I have to add avocados to the grocery list and why do I still have that pink shirt and it doesn't even fit me anymore and I should give it away to Goodwill and though I didn't finish that task at work and I would be racing and thinking and thinking about all these things and I, I wouldn't even be noticing that, you know, we were kissing. I wouldn't really be feeling any pleasure because I, I would be in my mind. And so I highly suggest if you find that during sex you're like distracted and, and you're not actually paying attention to your body and being present, I don't know, maybe right before you can take a notepad and like kind of brain vomit and just, you know, write down (laughs) everything that you're thinking and just kind of get it all out. Or I know that after practicing meditation for a few months, I actually began to notice that I was thinking less. And now that it's a few years later, like, yeah, when I when I lay down with my boyfriend, I'm not like I'm no longer thinking like I'm actually with him in the moment and it's just body sensations. And if I do find that my chores list starts creeping in, I'll just open my eyes and I will look at him. But his eyes are closed, so he doesn't know I'm looking. <laughs> if he opened his eyes, he'd be like, why is she creepily? Creepy. Why is she creepily staring at me? Just reminding myself I'm here with you. Uh, I'm in the moment, baby. I'm trying to the moment. You know, and then I, I just tell myself, OK, you're here with your boyfriend. You're in this moment. You're here right now. And then I'll close my eyes and I'll keep going with the moment. I will tell you that since I started meditating, the quality of my sex has improved because I'm now paying attention to my bodily sensations and not to all this crap that's going through my head all the time. And if that is not a reason to practice meditation because it improves your sex life, I really, I don't know what it is. I mean, (laughs) I really just like, what other (laughs) reasons do you need people go practice right now? Pull that cushion off your couch and sit on it and be like, I am meditating. (laughs) Give me 10 minutes before sex. For better sex. (laughs) Well, we know that sex is both mental and physical. So if your mental isn't ready, your physical won't be ready. So they go hand in hand. Be relaxed. It's important. And meditate. It's very helpful. 
and light candles. Who doesn't light candles? Well, probably a lot, a lot of people. people. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you should. Maybe that'll help you get in the right But I mind. like candles. Or she does. soothing music. I also found that if I listen to music, like soothing or relaxation music, also helps a lot with... Gets you in the right mentality. Concentrating mm-hmm. on the physical and getting away from my, my grocery list. The music distracts you enough to help you focus on something else. It's helpful that way. The next part is about suffering in silence. So in the past, I did a lot of things that I don't do now. And I hid my pain from my partner. So my partner had no idea. This is a previous boyfriend. He had no idea that sex was painful for me. Like zero idea. Like nothing. Like none. I was a master actress. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's my second career. Like, where did you learn your acting skills? Oh, during intercourse when I was trying not to sob my brains out. I was being... trying not to scream out in pain. <laughs> really good at putting on a poker face. I was trying to pretend I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say things like, like, he would want to have sex. And I had no sex drive because I was like, oh, this is so painful. I don't want to do this. And so I'd always be like, oh, yeah, i am got things to do. Or then I'd be, like, working late. Yeah, like, at work. You'd be at work, like, playing online solitaire Doing or something. anything to not have to go home to look busy. <laughs> oh, I was had a really, really busy day at work. I wanted solitaire two times. It's really hard to win. I stayed there till I beat wow, the computer. Wow, what a skill. <laughs> Painful sex has made me skilled at many, yeah, wow. many things, Brittany. <laughs> many avoidance tactics. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I have a headache. Classic. So, you know, it's just, I really, I just did not want to have sex. (laughs) And so what happens when you don't want to have sex and your partner is thinking, why does she not want to have sex? Like, what would you think, Brittany? Let's say that we're the snuggle buddies that we are or whatever. And (laughs) and I'm like, no, Brittany, I don't want to have sex again for the 20th time. I would just think you didn't love me anymore. Bingo. That's what he started thinking. Then it was like, are you cheating on me? Because you must be getting sex elsewhere. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, honey. Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no sex. Is I'm a- getting no sex nowhere. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> Abstinence. Okay. I'm dedicating myself to the church. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why I'm doing it. Please don't ask questions. <laughs> okay. Second, I was alone, right? Like, I had to shoulder my feelings of sadness, frustration, shame. I felt as I mentioned previously, I felt a lot of shame. I felt like a failure. I felt like my body wasn't good enough. And I had to shoulder that all by myself. Third, as I've already mentioned, I dreaded having sex. Just kind of sad when you think about it. And so then when we had it, I would be terrified the whole time that it would move too quickly and that it would hurt. I would pretend I was enjoying it, but I was miserable. And I was literally laying there wishing it was over and like, just pretending so that we would hurry up and then I could, you know, be like, oh, if I go to the bathroom, I'll be back. And then I'd run off to the bathroom and I would sob in the bathroom by myself. That sounds awful. Yeah, it was exactly as awful as it sounded. But I think a lot of us, we're not taught how to deal with these feelings and we're not taught to talk openly about sex. And we're not taught what to do when sex is painful. So yeah, maybe I didn't make the... <laughs> Okay, I definitely did not make the right decision, but if, you know, I'm, I don't judge myself for that decision because at the time, that's just... That's what you thought you had to do. Yeah. That's what and you thought you should do. I really strongly believe that communication with your partner and support from your partner is really key when you're suffering from endo or any illness or anything in life. I mean, support from your partner is the best, right? But... When you have painful sex, which is an activity that you do with someone else, that someone else should be in on the secret. They should be in on what you're feeling because it's an activity that you that you do you're together. You're sharing it together. You shouldn't be keeping anything from that person in that moment. Well, I was afraid that my partner would reject me, which might sound silly, but I just I felt like a, I was I felt very ashamed. Like I felt like a failure. I felt like I am always terrible at everything. I quit everything that I do because I'm just, I can never hack it. Like I, oh, I started a job and then I quit because I'm sick. And then, oh, I started in college. I started belly dancing. (laughs) Yeah, give me a break. Like my (laughs) belly without being consequences. Dance around. (laughs) Plus it was like, looked like it was eight months bright. It was huge. (laughs) It was like, is that belly dancing? Is there what is happening That's with uterus jiggling? What it's is that fine. happening with that? What is that? There's a lot of belly going on there. I'm like, okay, I need to quit this activity like the next day. 
I just, I felt like a failure and I felt so, so ashamed. And I didn't want to say out loud that sex hurt. Like I didn't want to tell my partner that sex was painful. Have you ever felt like that? It's a terrible feeling to feel so much shame and to feel so sad and frustrated and to suffer in silence. So now I have a different approach, which is this word called communication. (laughs) What a novel idea. (laughs) So when I first told my current boyfriend that sex was painful, I didn't tell him until maybe, I don't know, a handful of times. Because like I said, it's, I battle a lot of I'm not good enough shame feelings. So I was like, no, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to learn from my past mistakes. Like, this isn't my past relationship. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't want to be in the dark about this. So, okay, I'm going to tell him, like, sex is painful for me and it's scary. And when I told him, he was angry, but he wasn't angry at me. Okay, so, like, all my fears of being rejected and I'm not good enough, that didn't come true. He was just angry at the situation because he was angry that sex hurts me. Because it feels unjust, it feels unfair, it feels, it's angering. So he, he was angry for me, and he was angry that all these times we, were, we had sex, and he had no idea, like, he thought we were enjoying a pleasurable experience together, but secretly I was suffering, and so he felt like an idiot, right? He was like, wow, here I am, like, having this great time. And, and you're not. <laughs> and you weren't. Feels frustrating. He was so grateful that I told him right? Like, like he was hugging me, like, thank you for telling me we're going to get through this together. I'm like, oh, why are you so nice? Oh my <laughs> goodness, where'd you come from? Well, you see, it's great to communicate because now your partner knows to be gentle and he knows when you ask for a position change, what that means when you have to pause, that he's okay with it. You have to run off and go pee. Yeah, it's for the not third a surprise. <laughs> it's, he's able to be included in the whole situation And help you get back into the mood. It's not like, what's happening? He's in on it. And now he knows also not to initiate anything during the evil window, which they better learn that real quick. Well, and that's the thing is I don't feel as pressured as before. I'm not saying like he never pressured me, but it's that pressure is self-imposed. Yeah. Like the pressure is like we're a couple and we're we're supposed, quote unquote here, like TV's pressure. (laughs) You know, we're, we're a couple. We're supposed to have sex. I don't know, once a week, a couple nights. Like, I don't know how often you're supposed to have sex. It's, it's different for every partner. There's no but average. There, there isn't, but I feel like... I'm told there is. I felt that mm-hmm. there was. Like, I felt like, ooh, if, if I, like, a whole week goes by and we don't have sex, like, I'm failing as a woman or I don't know, something like that. So I just, I don't feel like that pressure anymore to, to be on someone else's schedule. I'm on the endosex schedule. <laughs> it's my own schedule. <laughs> it's Red Dragon's schedule. It's not mine, Brittany. Okay. Yeah, Mushu tells me what to do. It's I not just mine. say, yes, sir, Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, I will follow the rules. <laughs> so if you haven't talked to your partner about this, maybe try talking to your partner. But definitely I would recommend to talk to your partner away from the bedroom. So like not. Not when, in the moment. <laughs> not when you're naked. You're like about to have sex. And you're like, oh, hey, I want to just, by the by way. <laughs> Um, I just want to let you know that sex is actually really super duper painful for me and I'm like so scared right now. Definitely initiate conversations like this in calm places away from the bedroom so that you can have the kind of the emotional space to talk about it because, you know, there are long conversations, there are ongoing conversations, not just like, oh, okay, well, sex hurts. Oh, great. Thanks for letting me in on that little secret, honey. Like, let's keep going. Well. What happens if your partner doesn't believe you or your partner doesn't believe that painful sex is a real thing? I will sick the red dragon on anyone (laughs) who tells me that painful sex is not a thing. Same. (laughs) Well, if that's the case, first, I think, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Opening up about something like this, it's very vulnerable. It takes courage to talk about these things, like first and foremost. So, If you've talked to your partner and you've let your partner know that sex is painful, first, I just want to say, like, good for you for taking control of the situation, for opening up, for having courage, for being brave, for Mm -hmm. talking to your partner. Second, I want to say, like, what you feel is real. It is so real. And so maybe a suggestion is that you could show, like, if you're already diagnosed with endo, there's credible information in books online where they talk about the medical symptoms of endometriosis. So you could consider showing your partner something that shows 
from an authority that a symptom of endometriosis is painful sex. And a lot of times it goes into the reasons why, because there's a lot to do with the growths and the adhesions and where they're located in the posterior cul-de-sac and, and things like this. So you can actually get a better medical and physical understanding of why sex would be painful with endo. Not because you have hysteria. Not because you have anxiety and it's all in your head. Because you have a abdominal cavity <laughs> full of growths. Because inflammation is real and it hurts. <laughs> Some people need, like what I found is, what I found in 16 years of dealing with endo. <laughs> you sound is like that a professional. Some people, everyone from coworkers to supervisors to teachers to family members, need to hear things from an authority, quote unquote. So, someone like someone they believe to be an authority, a medical authority, hearing it from someone with authority can make it real for some people. So, you might consider bringing your partner to the doctor with you. Well, please remember that exceptions may apply. You have to make sure that the doctor is a qualified, knowledgeable, expert endospecialist. Because if they're not, it may not work out as planned. I.e. your plan could backfire. Tell us a little bit about how that happened to you, Amy. <laughs> well, Brittany, <laughs> there was once a time when I was 19 years old when I was having a very painful period. And my boyfriend said, oh, my goodness, your period is so painful. This is ridiculous. We need to go to the doctor. I've never seen anything like it. So together, we went to a gynecologist. Just a old, regular schmegular. Any old gynecologist that we found. Well, not in the phone book. But you Essentially. Know, <laughs> like an we were like, oh, he's in our network and he's close by. Let's go to him. So we went to a gynecologist and my boyfriend went with me. I wasn't going to try to prove or, or show or be credible about my symptoms, like I didn't know that I had endo at the time, by the way, and I was still like on my health journey searching for answers. And we went to the gynecologist and this gynecologist, I walked in hunched over and like sobbing and like my hands clutching my back and I was in serious pain. And the gynecologist told me that pain like that, you know, wasn't real and that that kind of pain was not a symptom of my period. And he basically said that it was psychosomatic and it was all in my head and that I should see a psychologist. Okay, because that makes sense. Not just kidding. That makes no sense. Yeah, Brittany, because we've already been over this in several episodes. <laughs> Crippling pain is not a symptom of your period. It's all in your head. You are hysterical. Hysteria. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> Living on in the 21st century. My womb is just migrating around my body. It's fine. It's okay. It'll just go back where it belongs. Then the pain will go away because the pain that's in my head. It's not in my head. Well, guess what? My boyfriend, so at the time, my boyfriend, he now believed that my pain was in my head. Like I, w I was literally totally discredited in his eyes. And we left the appointment. I was very upset. I was sobbing. And we were on the way home. And he was, he basically said, well, why are you upset? The doctor said that kind of pain isn't real. Like, just get over it. And he was not a bad guy. Like, he was not a bad person. But an authority figure told him, a medical doctor told him that what I was feeling wasn't real. And henceforth, for him, what I was feeling was not real. And that created a huge, giant rift in our relationship. And I basically withdrew myself and I isolated myself. And whenever I was in pain, I didn't tell him and I hid it. And I would like hide in the bedroom sobbing or, I mean, it was pretty much a mess. And eventually we broke up because, I mean, not being supported for me was not conducive to a good, like being ridiculed for my pain that was not conducive to a good relationship. So I really, really think that having the support of your partner and your loved ones is key when it comes to living with endo. And if I could go back in the past, which I can't, but if I could and I could do things differently, I would have gone to more doctors. Like if a doctor, if that, well, that doctor did tell me that. So I just gave up. I was like, okay. And I would not have withdrawn myself. I would have been like, you know what? The doctor doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm going to a new doctor. And then I would have kept trying to find a doctor. I probably would have got diagnosed earlier. I would have got, hopefully I would have got proper treatment earlier. And maybe it could have saved my relationship. Who knows? I'm Like I said, he wasn't a terrible person. Like you're like, oh, that guy, like, thank God you broke up with that jerk. But he wasn't a jerk. But he just thought, like, he just thought now that it wasn't real. So definitely make sure if you, you know, if you bring your partner to the doctor that you bring them to a qualified doctor that can properly understand your symptoms so that you can get proper treatment 
and so that your loved one can also understand what you're going through. Because the purpose of bringing your loved one to the doctor is for them to have more comprehension of what you're going through and better support you. And lastly, we want to talk about getting out your feelings. And what we mean by this is go scream at the top of your lungs. I mean, that's an option. Go journal it. Go share it with your partner. Share it with a friend. Share it with a counselor or a licensed mental health therapist. Somebody that you can express your feelings to because having painful sex can cause so many emotional feelings or emotional traumas, hurdles, traumas, and it can make you feel so many things that you don't expect for it to make you feel. But getting your feelings out in whichever medium you want to can be really helpful. Sometimes these feelings can be isolation. We can feel alone in our own minds and our own feelings. Like, we shouldn't be feeling this, or how do I deal with this feeling? And sometimes to know that other people also experience this can make it feel not so lonely. When I was having the pain that I was having, just talking to Amy about this feelings that I was having, and she said, yeah, that's totally how I feel about it too, made me feel less scared, made me feel like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not crazy. This is a real thing. But it made me feel like I wasn't experiencing something that I couldn't work through, that I couldn't handle. So just talking about it with somebody makes it feel way less isolating and less scary. Well, in this episode, I think we've given a lot of things to think about and we've kind of kept our feelings out of it. But just for the last five minutes or so, I kind of wanted to share like what my feelings are towards painful sex and just be really real about how about how it makes me feel. I try very hard to watch my mindset. I try hard not to feel like a victim, to practice gratitude, blah, blah, blah. But in all seriousness, like I try to watch my mindset. But painful sex is one of those things that really honestly makes me feel like a victim. It makes me feel helpless. It makes me feel like I've been robbed, like literally robbed of something vital to me, which is the ability to be intimate with my partner. And it just, it enrages me that this is like one more thing on top of everything else that Endo has made very challenging in my life. So I know life isn't fair. We've talked about this before. Life isn't fair. I shouldn't expect life to be fair. But painful sex, it feels so ridiculously unfair. As much as I try to accept it, as much as I try to meditate on it and feel And just feel neutral about it. Like just not feel so enraged and like irritated. I feel so angry at the world and I feel so angry at my body. So I wanted to share something I wrote in my journal. So dramatic journal reading. (laughs) So I wrote, those throbbing cramps interrupted my intimate moment with my partner. You're trying to love someone. You're trying to share a beautiful moment together. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, that crippling pain. So within a minute, the atmosphere changed from giggling and having fun to sobbing in panic, which is what everyone wants during sex, right? Like it sounds like the best time. <laughs> sobbing and like you're freaking out. <laughs> Honestly, I tried to be mindful through the pain. I tried, I just I laid there very calmly, as calmly as I could lay there while in crippling pain, like clutching my abdomen, like writhing around, but I did calm writhing. And I just waited for it to end. And then I kept telling myself, you know, the mantra, time will pass, pain will subside. I am neutral towards the pain. Pain's not good. Pain's not bad. It doesn't matter what I wanted. It doesn't matter that I wanted to spend the night with my partner happy and carefree. It's okay that I didn't get what I wanted. Like, it's okay that things didn't go as I planned. Because right now the pain is here. And I just, I have to just wait. Okay, so I was pretty zen. I was pretty pleased with myself. Insert commentary about journal reading. But, <laughs> right? I mean, I was pleased that I, that I was at that place and that I was calm and that I was just like, okay, you know, it's chill, whatever. Things happen. I'm fine. And then I woke up 12 freaking hours later still in pain. My uterus was still tight. It was still throbbing. I had to call out of work until noon because I couldn't go in. You know, all that anger. And I was like, oh, I'm so zen. I meditated with all my anger. Well, boom, 
It was all back. It came just ru- kidding. <laughs> it was rushing up. I was literally furious. And it was in my chest. I was like, I can't breathe. And my jaw was clenching. I was like, I will grind my teeth off. <laughs> I'm just so tired. Okay. Like, I am so tired of being in pain for no reason. What is the reason? Oh, you're in pain because you wanted to express your love with your partner. Yeah. And that's supposed to what? That's supposed to be beautiful. You're supposed to be like sharing a moment and your souls are mushing together or some crap, romantic crap <laughs> like that. But did that happen? No. I'm just, I'm so tired of painful sex. Like, I'm tired of feeling like something has been taken away from me. Why can I not just be free to enjoy sex? Sleeping is hard. Tick. Sleeping is hard. Tick. Eating is hard. Tick. Leaving the house is hard. Tick. Going to the bathroom is hard. Yeah, of course. Tick. Sex is hard, too. Woohoo! You won the game show. You got them all ticked off. Royal flush. (laughs) (laughs) The endo flush. Bingo. Got them all. Yahtzee. (laughs) But everything that has to do with my body is difficult. It's annoying. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. And then I, like, try to go back to Zen. I'm like, okay, breathing. And you're angry, you know. And what would your meditation teacher say? And she'd be like, Amy. What is the opposite of anger? Come on, Brittany. What is the opposite of anger? Patience. Can you get it? Ooh. Patience. Ooh. Patience. Patience. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> have you done this exercise before? Do you have I the same bit. meditation teacher as me? I have you. <laughs> <laughs> You're my meditation coach. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I'm like, okay. I need to be patient. Breathe. Breathe through the pain. Breathe through the anger. Patience. It's a virtue. Mm. <laughs> How about I take a piñata and I write the word patience on it and then I smash it to shreds with a baseball bat and I take my car and then I run that over and then I vacuum up all the pieces and then I dispose of them properly because I'm very environmentally conscious. Okay, <laughs> Even in your rage. <laughs> like, can you feel like we are a clean podcast. We do not swear. But if I swore, this whole thing would be full of swears. Okay. So it's very hard to restrain. And then they go back and, you know, it's like I have these internal battles with my, like... She's swinging from one end to the other. Angry Zen. Angry Zen. Angry Zen. Make up your mind. I can't. It's the endo. It's the hormones that has me all over the place. Okay. It's the mood swings, Brittany. It's the mood swings. Okay. And then I say to myself, I know. I know. Breathe. You know, for your sake. I need to be calm. Come on, everyone. You gave a tip to all the listeners. Stay relaxed. You can't even do that. Remember your own advice. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of hypocrite are you, Amy? Jeez. Like we said, we're always practicing all of this. We are not perfect. (laughs) Okay. And then I I think, okay, no, I just, I need to get through this. I need to be proactive. I need to be patient. Pick up the piñata. Glue the pieces back together. Solve my problem. Things change. I can make this work. You've always made everything work. I can't stand this cruel, this joke that life is playing on me. It is so cruel. And now, okay, not right now, but in the moment I wrote this in my dramatic journal reading, I'm actually still reading for my journal people. <laughs> um, I should, they should employ me to read audiobooks. Um, so I wrote, and now I sit trapped at my desk. I sit trapped at my desk. I'm having to attend to a million tasks. Well, I feel like I'd just rather be home in my closet sobbing. Everyone needs something from me. Emails, calls, the cat meows. Well, not in the office, but at home. I need this. I need that. And you know what? I provide it because I'm a good cat mom. I'm a good worker. Oh, here. Here, everyone. Take this. Take that. Oh, you need this? I'll provide. You know what I need? I need sex with my partner to not be painful. That's what I need. I don't need a new sweater. I don't need a big fancy house. I don't need some car, some whatever. I need to be able to have sex with my partner and not end crying, being stabbed in pain. So will I get what I want? Go ahead, Brittany. That was a question for you. And that was rhetorical, but I'm now asking you. (laughs) Now I feel angry. I need to calm down. Where's the piñata? I don't have one. (laughs) Then your face better be careful. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's threatening me. No, 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 Brittany. Just that was a promise, not a sarcasm, threat. Sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> no, but will I, you know what? Will I get what I want? I don't know. I bet it felt better after writing that out. Actually, kind of felt fun to say that out. I, I did. <laughs> Reliving those feelings. Ooh. <laughs> well, sometimes you just need to get it out. I mean, it's not going to change the situation, but writing it down helps you feel like you're heard, and that can help emotionally. In this case, I actually was You heard. actually are literally heard. I was heard by... <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Amy's impassioned dramatic reading. <laughs> one. When I edit it, I'll be listening. And then hopefully more than one, dozens, and hopefully hundreds. And hopefully one day thousands and millions of listeners. Wow. Okay. Let's reel it in. Let's reel in the realistic expectations that we've spoken about. Okay. Please just give us dozens of listeners. That would be all I want. <laughs> okay. We just want dozens of you to hear this so that you can understand that you are not alone. You're not alone. And if sex hurts in any of the ways we've described throughout this episode, if you feel like that, if you feel like Amy's impassioned dramatic reading, <laughs> write me, let me know. I would love yeah. to hear connect at in yes. 16 years like please just write I love your dramatic journal reading. <laughs> I can relate to your dramatic journal reading. <laughs> but we're honestly we're sorry that sex hurts for you. And we're sorry that you feel isolated or alone. And we're deeply sorry that you have those feelings and that emotional trauma because it's not something that we should have to carry. It's not easy to live with the symptoms of endo, especially this symptom when you're trying to connect with a partner. It's not easy to live with that. And we really hope this episode helped you somehow, even just if you laughed along to some of the funny (laughs) things we said or you really got a kick out of Amy's dramatic reading. We hope that It encouraged you to work with your doctor and to work with your partner and to work with yourself on learning to be patient, trying to find a treatment plan. Go get that pinata. Or communicating, (laughs) not just with your partner, but with yourself as well, because it's all about how you feel about the situation and about accepting, relaxing, and hopefully the combination of any of those things will help lead to a more pleasurable sex life. And we really honestly hope that for you. So as I mentioned, this is a topic I think that for many of us, at least for me, for a long time, I felt very vulnerable and I felt very uh, alone. Yeah. And I'm just unable to like literally unable to talk about this topic. If you enjoyed the episode, if you you know have a comment or a tip or something that you'd like to share, we would literally we would love to hear from you. And of course, if you enjoyed my dramatic reading, <laughs> suddenly I'm like, get all this like, she's very intense about her dramatic reading. <laughs> it was hard work. She needs some validation, clearly. <laughs> As I mentioned, I feel like I'm not good enough. So please validate me. No, but a little validation would be bad. But <laughs> I clearly don't validate her enough. <laughs> suddenly I have all this hate mail. Everyone's like, we hated your dramatic reading. I'm like, well, just keep you can it. Send that to me and I'll just tell her it was great. Just go ahead and keep it. <laughs> Critical comments to yourself. <laughs> no, but seriously, just honestly, we would love to hear from you. I check our email daily, multiple times a day. Don't <laughs> okay. lie to them. <laughs> and I res- and I do respond. You can email us at connect at in sixteen years dot com. We're on the website in sixteen years dot com and social media. And if you want to go ahead and share this episode, maybe with a loved one who you would like to maybe have a better understanding of the situation. We love talking to you today about this topic. Now go have some great sex. (laughs) No, we're just kidding. No, we're not. (laughs) Yes. Try. Use these tips to try to have great sex. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if it's not your evil window, like if it's your evil window, like definitely don't. But (laughs) hopefully you're feeling a little more empowered. Thank you so much for listening. As always, see you next time. 